experimentation is the way you learn how to grow a business. And so it's about the quality and velocity of experiments and it's based on the scientific process. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. Today we have a repeat guest. His name is Sean Ellis. He's worked with great companies like Dropbox, Qualaroo, and he is now the CEO of Growth Hackers and the author of Hacking Growth. Sean, how's it going? It's going great, Eric. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being back here. So why don't you give people a quick refresher? What's your background? What is your what is your story? Uh, sure. Yeah. So I uh, spent the first 10 years of my career working at two startups that uh, came in on the ground floor, zero users on them and built them up in the VP marketing role up to uh, up to two companies that, that did NASDAQ IPO filing. So I left at the filing at both companies or left the role at the filing. Um, and then and the second one was Log Me In, which is now uh, about $5 billion valued company. And I, uh, just looking back at those two companies, realized that a lot of the, the really heavy lifting value, value add stuff that I was doing and my team was doing was in the first, uh, first six to 12 months of the, of the like, customer interaction. So once the product was built, once we validated that it was something people actually needed, those first six to 12 months were super super valuable. So then I uh, decided I was going to spend the next few years trying to just work in that upfront stage and get really good at that because otherwise you don't really get much experience there if you're spending five years with a company like I had been doing. So um, that's when I went to Dropbox and uh, spent five years with, or spent six months with them, uh, six months with uh, Eventbrite, uh, Lookout. Um, So it's a bunch of companies where I could just Kind of get it down to a systematic process of figuring out what really matters, when does it matter, and uh, just sequencing, bringing those companies to market, and uh, and then you know launched my own business a few years ago with with Qualaroo and now Growth Hackers. Can you talk a little bit about Qualaroo, what it is, and uh, what ended up happening to I guess what ended up happening to the company? Yeah, so um, as I launched Qualaroo, um, you know, as, as as a business, as we were growing Qualaroo, we actually acquired it from Kiss Metrics, um, and it had been just a little side business that they had, and we thought we could run with it. So as we were building that up, uh, we started Growth Hackers as, as almost kind of a uh, tactical thing for Qualaroo, and so they both started growing sort of in, in separate directions, but Qualaroo is a... Uh, it's a qualitative, qualitative kind of on the website. Ask questions. You can you can answer questions and and so it informs the types of tests that you run to improve uh, conversions on a website. And so we actually ended up selling that business about a year ago so that we could go all in on growth hackers. So yeah, that's what happened with it. And now we're now we're focused on growth hackers. Got it. And you don't have to give the exact number, but what was like the range of, of the sale? It was you know you can you can kind of 
do it for speed or do it for uh, valuation. And for me, the whole goal was to get the um, get the full focus put onto uh, onto growth hackers. So it was a we we had millions of dollars in recurring revenue, uh, annual recurring revenue, and it was it was not a big multiple on that millions of dollars of recurring revenue. It was something that we we probably could have sold it for more if we were totally focused on on a sale, but I just wanted to get it done quickly and it's, it's been the right choice, but it was, uh, yeah. So seems like the trend for you has always been, you know, kind of speed, you know, in terms of like, let's grow this company quickly. Let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. I mean, I think growth hackers is something that I'm really, uh, what, what I saw with Qualaroo was that I, I didn't see the headroom in it. We, we got it to, to a point where it was profitable for us. I just didn't see, I didn't see the headroom in that business that I saw in growth hackers. And I think focus is such an important, such an important asset for any founder. And so I, um, I, I felt like I needed to make a choice on one versus the other. And, and growth hackers was where my passion was and where I saw, I saw the potential to build a really big, interesting business with growth hackers. Cool. And I, I know when you first came on, I mean, I was literally just starting this show. I think this is a couple of years ago and you were just starting growthhackers.com. So can you talk about what Growth Hackers is, what it means, and kind of where you're at with the company today? Sure. Yeah. So, so Growth Hackers is basically, it's, it's really trying to um, help with the movement that's already been happening with, with growth hacking across the fastest growing companies out there. And so um, everything from creating a community of practitioners, uh, education to help people learn how to do it better, uh, we have a conference around it. And then you know, long term, I think our, our value is going to be in the software that we've built for helping cross-functional teams manage growth. And so that's, uh, so it's really all of those things working together. Unfortunately, the software without understanding the process isn't very valuable. So we, we do need the training piece and the software. And then uh, I, it's been a big advantage for us having uh, built a community first to that, that's a platform for launching these different businesses off of. Great. And what does that community look like today in terms of, you know, how many members, how many visitors a month? It's in the hundreds of thousands of visitors per month. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty specialized um, audience at this point. Members is in the hundreds of thousands as well. Um, I, I think for us, if we can, uh, we can do a better job with retention, we can probably, we can probably grow it even faster. But it's, uh, it, it, to me, it's, again, focus is a, is a big part of the business. And so once we I mean, initially, we didn't really have a business model with it. We just, it was a passion project. And so um, it grew pretty quickly, but I've, I've been really focused on uh, leveraging the platform with these different businesses and have been less focused on trying to grow the overall platform in, over the last year or two. Cool. Yeah. And, you know, just a side note for the audience, I actually do use the platform. We actually have like a weekly growth meeting, uh, even with it from an agency perspective. So, you know, being able to run a couple of tests per week and get everyone on the same page. Um, it's great. I mean, people can see results. I, I think you guys are definitely on to something there. Um, so it is, uh, what is it, 120 bucks a month minimum? In all of the iteration that businesses do, we've, we've kind of gone through some transitions with it. And what I realized is that we were, we were growing at a pretty good clip, but not enough to really cover the, um, the salaries of the team. And, uh, you know, long-term, we need to make this thing sustainable. So um, we've actually increased the price quite a bit to about $850 per month. Wow. Uh, grandfathered people in and uh, and then doing a lot more uh, a lot more hands-on help to, to help people be successful with it but it's I mean all, it's all about trying to create a viable business around it and what what we figured is that if if people implement it in the right way it's worth 
a oh, way more. It's, it's definitely worth a fraction of somebody's salary, and and you know, it's it's really does it impact growth or does it not? And if it does impact growth, then I think uh, I think we had more headroom to to raise the price. Totally, yeah, totally agree with that, and th- that's how we think of it too. It's like, is this you know, people see, see it as oh, this is like another project management tool, but like no, it's it's it actually helps you manage the process a lot better. Um, yeah. And if you can, you can get one successful test from it, it's going to pay for itself. That's how I see it. Right. And I, and I think the biggest thing is that growth hacking, conceptually, everybody everybody thinks it's a good idea if they understand it correctly. Uh, but practically, it's actually pretty hard to do because it is, it is cross-functional. You're working across various silos to run experimentation across the full customer journey. That requires a, a pretty sophisticated system for managing that communication and prioritizing experiments, and that's that's the system that we're trying to build with uh, Growth Hackers projects. You know, one thing that leads up to Growth Hackers projects, I think, would be helpful for people to know is the concept of running, you know, growth experiments. So, can you speak to that a little bit? You wrote a good post on that. Experimentation is the way you learn how to grow a business, and so it's about the quality and velocity of experiments, and it's based on the scientific process that you're you're running analysis, you're trying to find leverage within your within your overall customer acquisition and retention conversion model. And when you find an area where some focus should help, then running a set of tests and basically building a backlog of ideas of things that you could do to improve that point within the funnel or tap into that channel. And then each test being written really as a uh, as an experiment doc, much in like the scientific process way. So you've got a hypothesis, you've got any of your evidence on why it might work, and then details of how you would run that experiment. And then uh, and then ultimately, uh, each week it's about deciding which experiments, based on the resources that you have and what you think are going to work, which experiments should you be running. Love it. Okay. So you know you've talked a little a little bit about focus. I think, I think you've alluded to it about. Two times already. So, you know, what's one other constant thing that you've learned about growth after Dropbox, LogMeIn, Qualiro? You've worked with so many companies. What's like the one thing? It's like this is this is like the same thing I see every time. The business is not growable. So, I think that's for a marketer or a head of growth. It's really about you know saying that I, if I execute perfectly, does this thing actually have potential? So, I, I do think that the product dictates a, a lot the potential of of a business, and then. If, if, it's, if it's a valuable product, then it's about figuring out who is passionate about the product, why are they passionate about the product, and then who externally, who's not, who hasn't tried it yet, could benefit from that same experience. So it starts with understanding very deeply within the funnel who, who are the uh, people who can't live without the product. And I uncover that with a survey question. I ask, how would you feel if you could no longer use this product? I'm focusing on people who say they would be very disappointed and then essentially, you know, reverse engineering the creation of those people. How, how, how do they use the product? What path did they go down? And how do I, how do I expose a much bigger group to that same experience? And that, that ultimately getting people to a great, valuable experience leads to retained people, which is required for growth. So if you can't retain, you can't grow. And it, it all starts with understanding the experience that leads to retention. Yeah, so you asked that question. I mean, what percent of people are you expecting to answer very disappointed to know that you've reached product market fit? Long term, what I've seen is that you know, once you've optimized the business, that if you have about 40% or more of the users coming in who say they would be very disappointed without the product, once they've tried the product, then then I found that those are pretty growable businesses. So whether that is, I mean, it's definitely product market fit for that group of people. Um, you know, it, essentially, if you can, 
retain people in the long term, you have product market fit for those people. And so uh, the survey question is, is really a predictive metric for long-term churn. If they say they'd be very disappointed without the product, then they're likely going to stay on the product. But the, the really important metric is, can you retain them or not? And so what's interesting is that I have gone into companies where it's less than 10% of the users say they'd be very disappointed without the product. And then I focus on understanding those 10% of users. And I, one company I was able to go, go from, uh, from a 7% to a 40% in just a couple of weeks by basically uh, building a promise based on how the how the 7% who said they'd be very disappointed were using the product and the benefit they were getting, and then streamlining the onboarding process to that experience. The next cohort of people who signed up were, were over 40%. And by the time I left that company uh, six months later, we were at 60% of the people. And, and that's, that's uh, one of the, the multi-billion dollar companies that I, that valuation today that I worked with in the early days. Great. So basically, you, you took a look at the cohort, you know, the 7%, you surveyed them, you went into detail there, and then you, you created an action plan, and then that led to 40% and 60%. Yeah, that it's, it starts with understanding the finish line, and then yeah, doing lots of testing to improve the onboarding. But in, in the, the benefit in their case was that they had you know, three or four different pieces of the business that were sort of cluttering that user experience. So we, all we had to do was, was kind of hide hide a few of the pieces, highlight the one that led to long-term retention and, and uh, engagement and people who were uh, truly considering the product a must-have. And, and so that, that was a pretty fast one to get to a point where we could build a scalable growth engine. Once, once we had that, we had the product market fit that we could then start to really scale customer acquisition around that. Great. Awesome. So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about the book. So what is the book, first of all, and why write a book? Yeah, so the, the book is, is really covering a lot of the process that I used as well as um, best practices that we saw other companies use. So I wrote it with Morgan Brown, and Morgan has probably written more case studies on, on the fastest growing companies than, than anyone I know, and very detailed. Like, and that's the, the, the interesting thing is it's, you can't market a business in, in private. You know, every, every time you're marketing a business, it's, it's a bunch of public touch points. And so he, what he did was he took each of those public touch points and looked at any of the articles that were written. If he could get primary research, he could, he'd go in and talk to the companies as well and understand their internal processes that were driving growth and, and wrote growth studies on companies like Uber and Airbnb and a, and a bunch of different companies. And I, I helped him somewhat with it, but he, he was doing the real heavy lifting there. And so what we looked at was, this, there's a transition happening in growth and marketing toward this full funnel experimentation across the funnel, across the customer journey. And it's hard. It's hard to get, you know, basically a lot of the customer journey sits across different silos within organizations. And so it's really hard to get those teams working together. And there's a bunch of companies that have made breakthroughs in making that happen. And so what we wanted to do was just document in this book how these companies have done that and provide really a guide for other companies to understand how to embrace the principles of growth hacking and, and uh, take their growth to the next level. And so I think we've, uh, I think we did a really good job in the book. So I'm, I'm excited to, to see what, what the feedback is when it comes out next month. What is your goal behind it? What, what are you trying to get out of, you know, after you release it, what do you hope to happen? Uh, I just, you know, I think for me, the one, I want people to understand what growth hacking is. Like I see, I see so many people floating different definitions of it out there. And a lot of people think it's just silver bullets and shortcuts, but 
it's a it's a hard process of rapid experimentation and i want people to first understand what it is and then and then understand how they can apply it in their own businesses and that's 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 my biggest goal is just to you know, this, the same reason why I didn't join Dropbox long term or Eventbrite long term or some of these companies where I saw the potential was huge. But I, I really wanted to try to figure figure this stuff out. And you figure it out by comparing multiple companies. And um, all along the way, people were surprised that I was blogging pretty actively about what I was learning. But um, it was through the reputation that I built with that blogging that I was able to open up more opportunities for more learning and it, it's, uh, I think that, that spirit of openness leads more people to figure out how this stuff's working, raises the bar on what does it take to be successful. And, and the book, is, I think, is really kind of the culmination of that is, is actually taking the time to assemble it all in, in something that's super actionable and detailed on how companies can be successful with this. And um, yeah, I think what, at the heart of this process that you you probably picked up and what I've said already is that uh, it has to be a valuable solution that retains people long term. And if if there's a solution that's creating value, then I'm really passionate and Morgan Brown's really passionate about helping people, helping people scale and bring that value to a lot more people. There's, there's just a lot of impact that we can make in helping other companies uh, get that same impact. Awesome. Love it. And so that leads me to the next question. You've got the book. Um, you've got you've got Growth University. I think we'll we'll talk about that in a second. And then you've got the conference too. So can you talk a little bit about the conference and what you're doing with that? Yeah. So it's we've been running uh, the Growth Hackers Conference. I actually took it over from from the original organizers last year, but I've been uh, a participant and, and really active with. In fact, I, I brought the original organizers. Together, they had both approached me separately to do it, and I was busy with something else at the time. And so I said, "You guys should work together on this, and I'll be as active as I can be." And so, um, but we've we've had some great speakers over the years, and you know, to me, it's it's kind of just a celebration of bringing people together in a single day who really geek out about this stuff and and are excited about it. Get get some great speakers to talk about it, but it's it's as much the community of practitioners coming together and and just discussing it over lunch and and you know, after parties and um it's it's just good to kind of get out of your own bubble once a year or multiple times a year if you if you get that opportunity and just compare notes because your pool of experimentation is a lot smaller than a combined pool of experimentation across a big group of people. And so um, we we do as much as we can to, to open people up. Like I think the panels are a good, a good way. Like a lot of people kind of try to protect their good ideas, but um, if you put them on a panel together, egos take over and one guy starts sharing his stuff and somebody else feels like, like they're very low value add. And so it, it just kind of brings everybody to, to sort of open up about it. And um, channels will be fleeting. Channels are gonna change pretty rapidly. But um, trying to really break down not just what channels are working, but why are they working? What are what are the kind of fundamentals around it? It's that understanding that allows you to tap into the next emerging channel. And so I think the the best practitioners understand that, and they're not so so much hoarding what uh, what are the today's short short term ideas that are working. Love it, yeah. And so that. That's actually completely true. I mean, you know, on a blog or a podcast, for example, we can hide the good ideas. One on a panel, I've I've seen it happen before too. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Completely true. But even if you uh, intend to hide it, it's yeah, just, it just comes when, out when you when you start looking like you don't know anything because the other guy's opening up a lot. It just it brings it, that out of everybody. And that's it's fun to watch that happen. Totally. Totally. So what, what is Growth University? So Growth University is really today it's built around the growth master role. And um, I think that's the that's the piece that needs to be done right in a business to really tap into the power of growth hacking. So you can understand the concept. But if somebody isn't isn't really managing the team around growth experimentation. So running your weekly growth meeting where you're bringing together these cross-functional people to work together, identify those best opportunities and decide which experiments are going to be run and assign those experiments out. So it's, it, that's right now we're focusing really on the growth master role because that's, that's the pivot of making the whole thing work. And so it's a, it's a self-paced course. We're doing it through teachable and, um, it's something that, you know, once somebody takes the course, they can go back and dig back in. It becomes almost a reference guide so they can they can go back into the sections on running an effective growth meeting or preparing for the growth meeting. And um, it, that's that's the main focus right now is just, you know, equipping people with the skills to run the process inside their companies. Love it. And so you have all these things that are centered around growth. And, you know, you talked about focus. And, you know, my, my question is, how do you manage all these different projects? It's hard. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that... Um, I wish I could only do one, but when I look at the opportunity and the uh, and the sort of solution, the opportunity slash problem and the solution to that problem, unfortunately, it's a it's a multifaceted solution. If you if you just provide software, but you don't you don't really help people understand what they should be trying to do, then the software is not going to fill the gap. If you explain to people what they should be trying to do and you do the training there, but you don't help facilitate the really challenging parts that the software does, then they're likely going to fail. And so for us, I, I think to be really be successful with our, with our broader mission of trying to help people tap into this growth hacking movement, that we need each of these pieces. And yeah, it does stretch the team kind of thin, but I think all, all the pieces are interdependent to helping companies be successful. Yeah, that's the way I look at things too. I mean, there's you know, there's this podcast, there's the other podcast I do, and then there's like software developing, and we have the agency too. But they all kind of tie in together, right? As long as you're focused in on one concept, which is growth for you, right. um, it works out, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, they're all different kind of pieces of the flywheel. And we, as a team, what we tend to look at is what's the what's the piece that needs the most attention right now, and um, and we realized that the that the training piece was where we really needed to help people, and so that's that's why we've you know put the the effort into Growth University lately. Because what we found was we we actually did it earlier, and you know in the in the spirit of kind of moving around and doing different things, we stopped doing it, and um, we did it in a way that wasn't very scalable. And so, um, but I found that people who had completed this course that I put together we're actually much more successful with the product and with growth in general. And so it took, it took kind of a year to go back to go back to saying, gosh, we should, we should probably do the course again. We were doing the course when the product was in uh, private beta even. And, and, uh, and so now, now with teachable, we've done it in a way where I think it can scale much more effectively. Cool. And how much is that course? Uh, it's two ninety nine. Oh, okay. It's a no brainer. Yeah, it, the price may end up going up in in a little while as we kind of hone in on it. But so it's good to kind of think of it as an introductory pricing right now. But once somebody's bought it, they they have ongoing access to it. Cool. Get it now, guys. 
Um, so, you know, you guys have the community. Uh, what's the most effective thing that you're doing right now in terms of customer acquisition? The sort of rise and fall of channels. We, we built that community off the back of Twitter, and um, which is a very natural loop with the community where uh, people submit content. That content then goes into our Twitter queue, especially like once the community's curated the best content. Then the Twitter queue brings people back to discuss the content on our site. And so we just we built some homegrown tools to to basically scrape our own site and feed those Twitter feeds and schedule them, like built them so that they fed into Buffer. And that worked really well. But Twitter as a channel is kind of on the decline now. And so um, as that declines, we're, we're, we've got other things going. But I think I, it's like having a good cadence of uh, we do two AMAs per week, so we've got one actually going right now as we as we talk. I know this isn't going to be broadcast live, but basically, you know, being able to do the AMAs um, get starts to give that kind of uh, the the repeat kind of you know get, getting people in the rhythm of coming back. We have our our weekly top post lists on Mondays. Is uh, Mondays end up being our best day, so we take the very best posts of the week, send them out in an email that brings people back for more discussion. And so again, that kind of kicks that flywheel going. So it's, I, I think for us in a, in a given, you know, in a, in a given sort of three or four month period, we have, you know, in a, in a a six month period, we have like a million plus people come through there. So for us, acquisition is, is not as much a challenge. Our challenge is much more retention. So that's why Things like the email, things that drive that ongoing engagement are are pretty important for us. Awesome. So I want to switch gears now. I mean, you know, what's one big change you made in the last year that has really impacted either you or your business in a big way? Probably selling Qualaroo <laughs> um, is the biggest change because it's allowed me to focus on on where where I have the most passion. Um, uh, yeah, I mean that. Uh, Fair yeah. enough. That one's simple. Um, how about a new tool that you've added in the last year that's added a lot of value that's not called Growth Hackers Projects? <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think some of the stuff that we're doing with Segment has has made it so that we can more easily plug uh, plug other services on top of our data with with Segment. So I think Segment's been been pretty powerful for us in the last year. Cool. And besides your book, Hacking Growth, what's one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? Uh, I have a bunch, kind of depending on what I'm what I'm trying to do at a at a given first point. One, the first one that comes to mind, like like uh, Power Presenter, uh, or Presenting to Win. I guess there's there's a couple of of ones, but like just so that's a focus for me is doing a lot more presenting. So I love Presenting to Win, and then like I I, I always go back and read the Cialdini books just because I think. Uh, essentially, you know, the human psychology and just, just sort of understanding, understanding what, what drives response, what drives habits in people, um, I think is, is, is really important. Yeah. I'm looking at the, the, the first interview that we did. You're actually episode 11 for this podcast. Holy crap. Um, but yeah, that was the book you recommended influence. And then, uh, you just said the power presenter, uh, presenting to win, I guess with it. Yeah. So we'll drop that in the show notes as well. In terms of, okay, so you have growthhackers.com. It's really easy to get a lot of, you know, uh, you know, growth tips around that. But what's one other, you know, blog or publication or maybe podcast that you tune into every day? Uh, so, yeah, something that I've been doing a lot more recently is, um, so uh, obviously Growth Hackers is an aggregation of a bunch of content. So that points me into a lot of directions. But um, the the shortcut that I've had for content is, um, 
is putting it into pocket and then listening to the articles on pocket. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, for, for me, you know, so much of my day is staring at a computer. It's so nice to be able to go out for a walk and actually process, process all this content. And I think, um, podcasts are, are beneficial that way too, that you can listen to them. Audiobooks are beneficial. So like I, I just finished the everything store, uh, as an audiobook. Yeah, that, that was really good. And now I'm just forgetting the name of it, but, uh, I'll look up the one that I'm watching now or listening to now, um, is, uh, the upstarts, same author. Have you read that one? That's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great. It's the story of, of Uber and Airbnb and, and kind of the, the longer story, both the negative and positive, but really tries to give kind of a, uh, a, a full 360 degree view of what's going on inside those companies. And it just, I think the audible just came out beginning of this year. So it's, it's all pretty fresh. So, um, yeah, I mean, so, so I'm, I'm bringing audio books, podcasts, and then just like, yeah, listening to articles. Um, so where sort of where I, I find that like I'm finding um, even like the LinkedIn feed now is a lot better than it used to be or Facebook feed for for just, you know, put it, putting the right articles in front of me. So I, I do get them from a lot of different areas. Smart, smart. Okay. Cool. Well, I mean, that, that's a growth hack for learning right there. I mean, Sean, this has been awesome. Awesome second interview. Uh, what's the best way for people to find you online? Probably Twitter. So uh, at Sean Ellis. Um, obviously, if you have any questions, post them on Growth Hackers because we do. We have Q&A on there and I, I like to jump in and answer them as often as I can. Cool. Awesome. So if you guys are in L.A., uh, check out the Growth Hackers conference. Uh, check out the book as well, Hacking Growth. And if you want to keep learning gro- growth, go to growthhackers.com. And if you're serious about growing your company, get Growth Hackers Project. So, Sean, thanks again for doing this. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week, and remember to take action and continue growing.